everybody, and welcome to Masnayagan Isquio, also known as Book Women. I'm Kayla, and I am here with my fellow comrades. I'm Tanya. <laughs> and I'm Sheila. And we're here today with Paul. Do you feel special? <laughs> I do feel special. I'm actually, it's all embarrassing. I'm wonderful. It's really fun. All right, we're here with Paul Garo, who's at the Faculty of Native Studies. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. Cool. The first question. Sure. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Mm. Uh, that sounds like existential. I know exactly. Yeah. Who are you? What would be your Tinder profile? That's what someone asked yeah. me the other day. And I'd be like, bearded, overweight, matey. You know, it's like, yeah, baby. Would you yeah. put something cool? But I feel like you'd also have to put something cool, extra cool. Like you're the whatever descendant of. Cup- oh yeah, I'm, I'm the 18th Grant. descendant <laughs> of Cuthbert Grant's uncle. You just something. gotta throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuthbert Grant's wife. Just so that cousin. people know, like your lineage. Uh huh. <laughs> just yeah, in case. Exactly. You are exactly. Right. I can out Metis anybody <laughs> oh, that until they see a photo of me and then they're like, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> look at all like Cuthbert Grant. Yeah. <laughs> he looks. He looks charming. My name is Paul Garrow. I'm an assistant professor in Native Studies, faculty of Native Studies uh, at the University of Alberta. I'm also part of the Métis Studies sector, I guess, of, of our faculty, which is really exciting and fun. It's like this nascent part of our faculty specialization. Really exciting stuff that we're doing together. And I'm Métis from Batoche area, Bellevue area. So this little French village mm-hmm. near Batoche named Bellevue. I know what that is. Yes. Yeah. Because, I totally uh, we got know what uh, that is. total Duck Lake Bellevue uh, triad. Yeah, like, totally. Triad. It's like some sort <laughs> triad. of like yeah. some sort of it's, gang. It's a yeah, it's a gang, I would say. It's a militia like alliance. Yeah. Familial <laughs> connection. Some gunfights went down. Yeah, exactly. In important times, yeah. Yeah. The original drive by shootings. <laughs> Uh, How do our conversations always end up with violence? Uh, well, <laughs> but I feel, like we also did come into the conversation today with violence and talking about the original drive-by shooting yeah. with Cuthbert Grant and the Selkirk settlers. That's like, right, baby. There you go. 1817, 1815, yeah. 17. Super old school. That's right. Okay, so yeah. you're a professor at the faculty of native studies yeah. oh and i teach i teach a research course that i kind of inherited from dr frank tuff which is really fantastic i kind of slipped into it really well because so it's a research course uh, called ns native studies 290 and then which is a secondary sources research course and then his other course 390 which is like a primary data research course and they're both awesome i've taught the 390 once and 290 three times and i've been totally integrated into the library here by all the libraries <laughs> fun fun friends welcome yeah i know i don't know how to read a book you know, you know, it's like, <laughs> i don't even know what to do i decimal swear is. it's one of those things we have these big bureaucratic <laughs> meetings and we're like we have to have a community member yeah who do we have and i'm just like we need Paul. It's like, it's like the Paul signal needs That's to go right. up. We're just going to wave What would a, that look like? Like be a shadow of a man symbol like yeah. across campus. And you're just yeah. going to come running across Hello. the pond. I was <laughs> waiting for this. <laughs> you know, this whole time. It's true. And then that's why I just show up to library stuff that's on my agenda. It's like, bleep, my phone rings. And I'm like, oh, got to go to the next meeting. Then yeah. I show up. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I catch up to whatever you guys are doing. So... Because I don't say no at all to the libraries. Oh. Because of this course, right? Yeah. So, and this course is like, the way I see it is that I'm not an expert in library studies, but I, as a mature student, I really, really benefited from a research course like this. So for me, it's always that I'm that inter, that space between students and libraries mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know exactly what it feels like not to be able to write and read a book or to organize yourself. So it's like, do it piecemeal and do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I TA'd that course when yeah. I was in, in my native studies degree, because Dr. Tuff was also my supervisor for my honors yeah. paper, but I TA'd that class and that is a hell of a class. Yeah. That is a class that even to this day, I warn students, it is intense, but it is probably going to be one of the most useful classes that you mm-hmm. ever take in your degree. And students come to me and they're like, that was the best class I've taken my whole degree. Mm-hmm. And I um, can't believe it because I'm like, really? It's yeah. a research course. You don't even get into the content of, of Native studies topics or anything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm really impressed by it. And I'm not as you know, as rigorous as Frank is, 
because he had a huge workload, right? And I'm paring things down a lot. So I don't know if it's losing some of its veracity or something. I'm not sure what. I try to honor Frank as much as I always yeah. have like a little footnote saying like this is Frank's class. Yeah. And I think like for as long as I teach it, I'll yeah. be Frank's class. Well, you're not like an academic sadist. You're just Yes, like, I guess. You said that. <laughs> I, remember, said that. <laughs> I remember taking it as a student. And to this day, I will never forget. Because you have to sign off on your research topic. And you give like topic of your last paper that you're going to write at the beginning. So you can yep. develop a thesis statement. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah. yeah so I handed mine in and mm-hmm. to Frank and the TA. And I said, I want to research indigenous people in post-secondary institutions in a historical context Hmm. kind of set a date of pre-1970s and frank was like yep signed off and so i phd like a dissertation yeah that sounds like a lot of primary data also (laughs) yeah i was walking down the hallway and i was just happening to talk to another professor in native studies and they were like oh well what's your topic so i told them and they're like you know that that's not really a like a thing and I was like, what? <laughs> I went to Frank. What do you, this isn't a thing. And he's like, well, I'll see what you can find. He's like, I have faith. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Frank's faith. Imagine. <laughs> it was not a thing at all. I was, like, so stuck. Yeah. It sent me down this, like, wild goose chase at the U of A archive trying to figure oh, out oh, because man. somebody told me a story about an indigenous person that was brought here in 1914 from a residential school by priests to prove that indigenous people could be smart. But this literally sent me on this giant hunt at the U of A archives, and I still have never found this document. Holy. Wow. It's under someone's desk somewhere, collecting dust. for sure. Or like the walls, you know? Being used by mice. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, So that's what Frank did. Well, students are really dedicated to Frank because of that... Because of his his frankness and his toughness, right? So oh, perfect. Pretty much, yeah. I know it's a perfect his name. name yeah, yeah. <laughs> students love him after like oh, you know. I, I still I have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, many absolutely. years later for Frank. Yeah, absolutely. I have. I always say I have two academic dads in my life: Frank and Paul. Really? And he both got 290, so there must be like a theme. There must be some. I gotta get a a U of A academic dad. Yeah. Or like library's dad or something. Yeah, totally. I felt really touched by that when you guys told me that last year. I was like, what? It's because I look like an old dad, you know? Like, I don't know. Because you are a dad. I am a dad, an ineffectual dad. Maybe that's. Maybe I'm the ineffectual dad side of like Frank's like toughness, you know? I'm like, whatever, kids, have bacon all night. You can watch TV all day, no problem. Yeah. You will learn your own. I know that you can do this. You just need to apply yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like you don't get the same sentiment out of Frank. <laughs> but he was the one that pushed me into libraries. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. He your... told me I'd make a horrible lawyer and a great librarian. Oh, so. thank God someone told you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank, thank God. God. They have said to not pump out another lawyer. They another pumped lawyer. out a librarian. Holy. So, yeah. So many lawyers. So there are. So They're great many on the record. That's true. But we more record. different kind of people, I guess. All right. Yeah. So on the record. <laughs> so our podcast is about writing, editing, and publishing Indigenous stories. And I was hoping, Paul, that you could share a little bit of insight into your publishing experience, or like writing experience, or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to talk about. I guess. Yes. Well, I've done a lot of academic writing. So I wrote my thesis. Dissertation, well, I have two thesis dissertations, but I finished mine in 2015 and defended in 2016. And then from that dissertation, so it was a dissertation in religious studies, and I was looking, I wanted to work with a professor from U of O on diversity, religion diversity. So I ended up doing something that was close to home as a PhD. It's just like, so I did it on evangelical Catholic youth, right? So from that, I, I drew out three chapters or articles from that dissertation. And now, three or four, now it's done. So that's put to rest. And now I'm focusing on Laxane and research that I'm doing in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I'm publishing two things right now. A chapter in this new book on like uh, sort of cutting edge Métis studies ideas. All this interdisciplinary stuff focusing on Métis studies. Mm-hmm. Really cool book. It's going to come out maybe next year with UBC. 
So mine is on religion, so the Métis experience of religion. Mm. And then I'm doing another thing with the United Church. So this, the United Church of Canada, which is really fun, rainbows, mm. really good rainbows, Christian rainbows and LGBTQ, fun, happy rainbows, you know, so wow. together. My mom Sorry. went to United Church, so I'm yeah, just I know. Still look like, on your face so, and just like, oh. So, so I, was, uh, I was asked to come to St. Andrew's College like last year or two. Okay. They got a little bit of money, so they invited four indigenous scholars and four of their scholars. And I was the only Métis Catholic person there. They're all talking about UNDRIP and how mm-hmm. the United Church like operationalized UNDRIP as part of their engagement with the TRC. So I was like, okay, well, if we're going to talk about religion, if we're going to talk about religion in UNDRIP, we talk about land and sovereignty, right? So mm-hmm. I was talking about pilgrimage as a site of land-based sovereignty for Métis. And it's I just had this blowout chapter that took 12 months to pare down to this magical, to get that centrality, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and now I just finished that. So we're editing it together for a prospectus because I'm an editor now on this thing. Just just put, put the gun to my head and then uh, we'll see. <laughs> so much stuff, so much work, but it's really great. So... So I'm doing that. So that's where I'm at now. Now, um, me and Tanya are doing, me and Tanya and more people, <laughs> uh, we're doing research on Laxin and we've got a big shirt grant and we're looking at doing all sorts of various research that'll publish something. So that's the future. That's the next step right now. So what's the difference for you between being an, or having a role as an editor and being the author? The author is a lot less work. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I edited a volume that just came out this year from a conference we did in 2014 in Ottawa. Wow. Just this year? Just this year. It just came out this year because things get lost. And then we had to ask the guy who's like the big guy in our group, Peter Beyer, was like, could you email Brill and tell Mm -hmm. him what's up? And they were like, oh, sorry, Mr. Beyer. Like, yeah, whatever. So lots of stoppages. It's just a long process. And being an editor, you have to have your hands in everything. Mm -hmm. And everything comes back to you. But it's just a process of who has what and how do you work together. Um, And that you've got, like, a a separate division of labor. Mm -hmm. So my friend and I... Um, he's in Calgary now we constantly worked on Google Google Docs which was the time that it came out mm-hmm. and we just sit there together with our laptops touching and like through the cloud which goes to Philippines or I don't know where just the technology mm-hmm. really helps us work together to make sure that the intro looks good the conclusion mm-hmm. looks great and but it's a long labor was as a and then we wrote chapters in them yeah but just writing as an author it's like so much easier just like here you go you deal with the publisher. You deal yeah. with like mm-hmm. the readers. You fix it. Make me yeah. sound smart. <laughs> oh God, yeah. You deal with like you deal with the the readers. So like the peer reviews that come mm. back to you. I got a peer review for a book that just came out. One was like, this is the best chapter in the whole edited volume. Mm-hmm. It's like screaming at me how amazing it is. And the other one's like, no, it's not so good. It's kind of the shittiest one. And I'm like, what the hell? How do you deal with this? Yeah. You were number three. Yeah, you were number 12 in yeah. this like 12 oh, no. volume, 12 chapter and volume thing. Oh. I couldn't believe it. So then you get stuck perseverating about this one peer review and then you, mm-hmm. then the, the editors have to, you know, you have to defend and then they have to defend your book yeah. and your chapter and stuff. So it's really weird process. Have you ever been a peer reviewer? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I have no idea where that went. I did a peer review. Oh, really? And it's out in the world. They never contacted me really? back. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I peer reviewed mm. a paper and they got back to me. Even the like editors got back to me several times being like, this is the, this is what the author did with it. Now it's going. Oh, and yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, wow. I never got that back for really? that review. Maybe it, was, it wasn't for a book. It was for, um, I think it was for a journal article. Okay. So that was just like, okay, good. Who knows if they took in your yeah. review and used it? Yeah. I have no idea. How do you feel as a peer reviewer? Yeah. Uh, I, do you feel like a horrible person? No, I don't like peer review. I don't, it's like, yeah. I'll, do it for, I'll do it for like libraries. Like I say yeah, yes yeah. to anything NASA mm-hmm. or anything indigenous. Like I'll say yes to that. Yeah. But most, a lot of people ask me to do peer review, like in French text as well, because right. they speak French. And I'm like, no, thank you. Like, also, like media attention, like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that unless mm-hmm. it's like APTN or yeah. you know, anything indigenous, I'll, I'll focus in on that. But it's just so much work mm-hmm. for helping, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not sure. 
Yeah. I feel like my ugly little Métis troll comes out or something like when I'm oh, a Oh, because you're like critique critical? I'm like, man. <laughs> I'm like, not that reviewer. For me, I'm like, let me help you be a better writer. I'm oh. going to spend so much time on this and you're going to be a better person for it. Oh, no. It. Oh, oh I'm like the, where's your citation? This sounds like an assumption. Oh. Where's your citation? That's person? good. That's what they need. <laughs> or like That's you can't need. generalize yeah. different groups of people across. I am, yeah. yeah, I'm the That's mean good. reviewer. Yeah. Not like let me help you. Yeah. Because I'm also horrible at grammar and spelling, so I don't care about that. I look more at like the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So But then so in the world, let's say for the world of Metis studies, mm-hmm. when you go put like a chapter out, you have to do this huge disclaimer about like who are the assholes who you don't want them to review your stuff. Oh really? Because it becomes because the our our field is our topic, our subject is so divided. Mm, yes. You know, it was, it was like controlled by old white men. And now it's trying to be lifted up by Métis scholars mm-hmm. and students, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this divide, but there's still a lot of power and control over that old guard. Mm-hmm. And plus all the Eastern Métis stuff. Oh, man. That we don't even poke with, like, yeah. well, a Canada-wide... Well, I don't. Daryl LaRue, like... I don't, with a yeah. Canada-wide poll. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, That's a huge poll. Good thing you're over there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they all think we're, like, Louis Riel's, like, descendants, so who cares, you know? Wow. Uh, I actually am. Just saying. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> God, now we're back to this okay. whole like. But like, Catherine so Grant you're thing. like, oh, I believe Real just said it. But I uh-huh. once had somebody that was like, I am the whatever grandchild of Louis Riel until, and he was just like, yep, I am the so many grandchild of Louis Riel. <laughs> really? None of Louis Riel's kids lived. There cannot be an actual mm-hmm. somewhat grandchild. Uh, we're related by cousins. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's you can do that, that. But that's you great. can't actually <laughs> write down the line. It's and a tree. Like, it counts. Yeah. I was just like, bad. it was so <laughs> bad, though. Like, actually sitting at this table with somebody and being like, well, you actually can't be because they died. Yeah. And they're like, well, they that's, died. They're like, well that's the story my family tells. I'm like, well, wow. your, your family is wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. Yo, you should just start counting it. Like, our family, saying, like, like, we're all cousins. Well, yeah. for the longest time, our family tried to say we weren't related to Cuthbert Grant, but you, you, Lissy's S Grant. And I was like, no, but like, it. we're Metis. So, and they're like, yeah, but you, Lissy's S Grant. I'm like, no. Wasn't he some sort of slave trader, that guy? Well, exactly. Yes. <laughs> You're better off with Cuthbert. But I was also like, if anything, he probably did not have these weird Manitoba Métis, like, offspring. Not at all. Like, yeah, he, he's got a mausoleum in New but, York, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. but then they're like, well, you're crazy. anti-so-and-so, like, in this research. And I'm like, well, the, obviously it's wrong. anti so so like, here is actually some, hol- some solid genealogical research that proves that it's not Ulysses S. Grant and yeah. it's Cuthbert Grant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. BT so, dubs. Yeah, <laughs> it's so silly when people do that, you know. Because then, as soon as you say if you are legitimate or whatever, or do have these, like you, you feel like you can't like actually talk about these kind mm-hmm. of things, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just it just like adds a whole dimension to the stereotype of oh, Métis are liars, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, no, but. Some of us are, you know, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Trump, he's a liar. He is. That's true. At least you guys are lucky too. Because one thing that I always have to remind people, because like I go, I present and I am very open about my indigenous heritage and who I am as a person, but they see my name and it's like Mm -hmm. Kayla Larson. And they're like, who is this white chick? And then I always have to remind people, yes, I might look like I'm in my prime. 19 year old yeah but i have been married for several years so that's where the larson comes from and then i even thought about dropping it and going back yeah. to my maiden name just because so many people are confused what's your maiden um, name it's house verbicki because oh. my dad's ukrainian my mom's metis sweet what's your mom's name house she's a H- house oh. h-o-w-s-e not the h-o-u-s-e's mm. oh god she's it. a house not a house yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good one to yeah. remember. Okay. Yeah, but people get very confused yeah. by well, this, yeah. like Larson. That's a weird Métis last name, and I'm like, that's because you should it's flash not a picture mine. of your handsome husband and be like, yeah, is yeah. it weird? You'll kick your yeah. ass. 
Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. He's just tiny. Probably so wouldn't even. He just mumble. <laughs> he probably just turned beet red. He would. He'd probably be like, she can hold her own. Don't worry. Oh, I know. <laughs> Wait, uh, let, let's loop back, man. What were we talking publishing about? Publishing is the know, best no, thing publishing. ever. Well, uh, you mentioned Paul, like, about um, peer review, peer review stuff, and yep. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because you you said that Métis Studies is such a small little community, and I'm thinking about the library community and the journal that I peer review for. Yeah. So within all of library studies. I would say that it's pretty easy to pinpoint who I am, which is why I try to be nice in my journal reviews because yeah. they know who you are, right? Yeah. I did yeah. you ever come for, across that? Yeah, I did yes, review for definitely. a library journal, so it was for something else. Um, but my name just got passed down. Really? It. Yeah. Oh, Because it was just talking about traditional knowledge. So it wasn't a library journal. It was yeah. something else. But um, even through like a, just a general peer review, so like if anyone doing on the topic, you yeah. can tell. This is why it's just like we're like sitting there thinking who would write this amazing one who would write this really weird one and then like me and adam are like well yeah let's figure this out whatever you know mm. like that's so kind of like you because detective work exa- not <laughs> even it's just like family work it's like okay which who in the village is the real prick you know like <laughs> you know, yeah. each village has at least one yeah exactly yeah. that's why you live on a farm on the outskirts you just go back to your farm just leave it alone exactly I'm yeah that's you my farm <laughs> the other day when I was like where, I was at the library thing I was like where's Kayla she must be skidooing or something <laughs> you know what I'm dreaming about that someone made it about the <laughs> indigenous matters like the committee that we're on not the indigenous matters the library working group yeah uh, not the Canada library group but the U of A one someone was like Oh yeah, we were just talking. I'm like, that's because I wasn't there to give my five cents every five minutes. Oh, that was me. We were talking about that. Oh, really? Just because I wasn't there yesterday. Yeah, Nothing about baby. Because I wasn't there. No, we were all kind of staring <laughs> at this thing. Done. You were no. all staring at a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, a screen with, uh, with a piece of paper. Which, yeah. yeah. Mm, exactly. Gross. So we're gonna have a world cafe next time. So. A what? A world cafe, probably about like different topics. Don't 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 quote me on that. It's on record. Whoa, oh, what is it? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, I Off the record. Are we just gonna sit around and bring up like a random thing? Oh, don't worry about it. This is not even. We're, it's a digression. <laughs> like, that sip thing. coffee and just be like, well, did you read in the newspaper? I feel like we should do. No, no, I didn't want to get into it. <laughs> okay. Because I was like <laughs> tired and confused at the end. You were like, tired and confused. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like my most days. <laughs> That's yeah. my day to day. Tired and confused. Okay, yeah, peer review. Peer review is weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. If it's a, such a small community, how can you call it a blind review? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that's, but that's with every disciplinary community. Yeah, So yeah. like in history and, you know, I've heard stories of like, yeah, you can't. Everyone just knows each other and it goes around and... So part of it is good because then you can have people like the way Kayla was, you were saying, responding to the different mistakes that are that that has yeah. been overlooked by editors. So it's another eye on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that and then another eye on the the critique of the content, mm-hmm. which an editor can't often get. Yeah. So for me, what saved me um, in writing was having a really good editor. So I have an editor friend who's like a dad. And he's got lots, he has, free, he has some free time now, he's more, so he was really instrumental in like making sure that the ideas that I put forward were strong, but then the peer review got to the content of what was missing and like the ideas. But again, it really is like living in a village, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can't gossip too much mm-hmm. and you know everyone's business nonetheless, right? So you just kind of have to plow along, ask for people's help, put something out there and get it back. Sometimes it's covered in crap but whatever you just keep shoveling along like, I thought you were going to say keep shoveling the crap <laughs> it's, like, it's, just, it's like manure you just keep shoveling the, with two hands you know you're like, use both hands just as long as it's not like sand where you shovel up a little bit and then it just it all goes right back, back well, yeah. like, sometimes it's like that <laughs> then you get yeah, a backhoe or something like <laughs> oh man you can get a back just like a giant like hydro vac and just like suck it all up like a giant vacuum just get your Dyson and just like go at it yeah that's publishing Mm. (laughs) writing and publishing break a very expensive machine over crap like yeah yeah. Yeah, that's life okay so I guess the other question that I have for you Paul is Mm -hmm. you said that you peer review different journals and you've put in your work to other journals but I guess how do you how do you choose which one 
which what to say yes to and what not to say yes to. Is it based on uh, the indigenous community or is it based on relationships? How do you make those decisions mm. on where to publish your stuff? So, sir, I totally could have articulated that no, way nicer. No, because, no, like, because for me, it's like I, str- I strongly believe in serendipity, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, as a professor, uh, third year in, I could pick and choose, and I'm choosing to focus on Indigenous scholarship. You know, Jennifer Adiza pointed that out to me. She's like, I only use Indigenous scholars in her reading and her writing. Like, that's where she puts all of her focus on. And the literature review kind of informs whatever, but really what she wants to do is, like, raise up Indigenous scholarship and scholars. And I'm like, absolutely, this stuff is exciting. This is the most uh, applicable knowledge to what I want to do with it. But the writing that I've done so far has been all based on relationships. So because I was the student of professor who had a huge shirt grant, she had a huge team of colleagues and researchers across the globe. So they, when they were looking at topics, they kind of knew where I was positioned. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, so out of my thesis, I wrote four chapters. So the first one was like from, with the University of Montreal, Mm -hmm. professor who was doing a special journal on Catholicism in the, like new Catholicism, whatever, on the globe. So she asked me to write a chapter for that. So I took a piece of my literature, my research, Mm -hmm. and put to that. Another one was something about like religion diversity topics. So she asked for that. It was a longer, different part of the thesis. So Mm -hmm. I was able to like split it up into that one. And then there's this edited volume that we did where it's like I had a chapter in there. So I was asked and then I created my own things. And then for the journal article that I wrote in, so this is all post-grad or at the same time because it's always writing, finish your thesis. But before I graduated from university, I just wanted to write one article to get that out there. I know people produce way more depending on the discipline, but in religious studies, it's, I know it's hard to find a good topic. It's kind of like it, you publish less, you know, because you're not doing things collectively, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just did one in French on a safe bet of an academic journal that I knew people in. Yeah. So just to get something out there. So I wrote an article in French and it got in, it got published. Then it was like a, a good baseline to keep doing this work. Because you need primary data to mm-hmm. to respond to. So uh, the PhD gave me primary data to work with. So it's kind of like finding people that and telling people what you're interested in in. They link to you if it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. But then you just kind of create your own opportunities and try to go for safe bets sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've never been, what do you call it, never been rejected yet. But And also, I'm not producing crap either. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with what I produce. It's not the best. Who knows, right? Except for that one reviewer. I think it's pretty good. Except for that one reviewer. (laughs) That review was really weird because it was all like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. It was just so, because who knows where this will go and it'll end up there. But it was just like a funny review. Like, okay, so you create your own things and... But this review, I guess I'll, I'm stuck on this review because it was almost like a personal attack, mm. you know? So this so is what that, you. so kind of, you know, but they, they know the system mm. and people become a little bit defensive about their students or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it was a, so peer review can cut that way as well, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess you have to take it. So what I did was I took it in and, and me and one of my colleagues here, we talk about it and we're going to talk about it again. But I essentially defended, I took what was good from that review and I defended my position they were trying to tell me this has already been done but it in a way so why don't you get more primary data and talk about it mm-hmm. whereas i wanted to just settle and do a theoretical discussion so that like we could talk about metis study so metis people looking at religion mm-hmm. can use this framework to like to start doing their own work you know so it's like setting up a theoretical premise for people to use mm. so i'm not going to put in primary data to that it's a theoretical discussion of religious studies and metis studies so it sounds like like most of your publishing has been very academic yes focused. very but academic. would you ever take that like very like academic content and then publish it in a way that's not part of the traditional publishing like would you ever do like a blog or you know yeah. turn it into like a podcast or some something else so f- for me i've only i've been uh, <laughs> it's very good. she's giving us the looks the stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so this is all the sausages made? Oh, no. It might look like I'm giving everyone the stink eye, but I just took my glasses off. So, so you're just like, like, I can't see yeah, yeah. right now. That's good. I'm not giving the stink eye. I'm literally just like. <laughs> trying to see? Yeah. Just trying to see. Um, I've only done those opportunities or like it's kind of like raised that way. How do you say trained this way? And because it's so involved, it takes like five years to edit a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so involved that you, and because I'm fresh out of my degree, I've had no time to do other anything else. I'm hoping that this research that I got will spin out into more collaborative, more arts based research that is meaningful to me and to the people around me. Mm-hmm. So that I don't continue doing that student exercise, academic writing. Mm-hmm. So I used to do creative writing. I loved it. I, I I thought it was a fun writer, but it never. It just became this training. It just swept into the graduate program of right. writing. And for me, like writing is a challenge, mm-hmm. a constant challenge of being able mm-hmm. to organize my thoughts and bring in proper evidence and proper analysis even now like after how many freaking years i've been been writing for Mm -hmm. how many millions of words have we have i written so far Mm -hmm. i have no idea but every time it's still like a challenge even teaching this course Mm -hmm. challenging myself to figure out what is the best thing for the students and best thing for me you know Mm -hmm. because you like creative writing if you were to kind of switch gears and write something more creative like a book yeah a fiction book or like a kid's book what would it be about i wouldn't even I've know i've never even like heard of you talk about creative writing yeah, so yeah. Just, like, i would love to see a kid's book that you make yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing be a true academic dad yeah exactly oh my god please write us a children's book i wouldn't even know so because <laughs> because i must say i'm also adhd and all these undiagnosed like learning disabilities <laughs> with me and growing up on a farm in the middle of nothingness for me the challenge has always been okay how do people write how do you do this thing and you teach yourself mm-hmm. so when it comes to writing a novel or a children's book i read the stupid book to tie my son every night the, oh, the good balloon night moon. one good night moon and i'm like <laughs> this is dumb and then i go i go to the good night red balloon and ties like <laughs> i'm like where's the balloon tie and he's like <laughs> and i'm like frick he likes this yeah what's to be good fair, about this it's dumb that book it's is super dumb, dumb. But ty <laughs> loves it book. So <laughs> I'm not down with the kids' books. I love the kids' books, but only good ones, not stupid ones. <laughs> I have no idea. I probably have not read a kids' book since I was a child. Yeah. So. Oh, you need kids. No. Crazy. I, I need a full-time job before I even think about that. <laughs> I'd be fine. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So what is the process like for writing? You mentioned that you have an academic book coming out next year. What was oh, that? Oh, yeah. What was that? What is it yeah. about? And what was the Give process? Give us the plug. Uh, it's just a chapter. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Okay. So just a chapter. So I don't know. I'm also a realist. So I went from religious studies into native studies, right? Mm-hmm. But I've been doing research with Métis studies for a long time. And coming into this has been like this fantastic, new, amazing thing, right? I couldn't jump. Because a lot of people, students do, they take their thesis and then write a book about it. Mm-hmm. And that takes up all of your time. You write a monograph. For me, it was just like, these there will be four chapters from this stuff. If it can make it work, like it's a, kind of the same analysis throughout, but it's different mm-hmm. re- review stuff. So now, when I came here, Chris, well, Chris had asked me, it's like, could you, Chris, Chris Anderson, Anderson the and, uh, dean, dean of, of uh, faculty, faculty, faculty dean of studies, studies at the University right. of Alberta? Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that guy. Anderson, that guy. Uh, amazing guy, hero, a hero of us, a hero of mine, and hero of us. Wait, of which ours. Guy? No, Chris kidding. Anderson. Uh, he's a <laughs> he's an Arcan from Saskatchewan. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, I've heard about those. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Those Arcans. Those Arcans. Oh, when did I say that one day? I'll fight it. <laughs> remember in the office? <laughs> I'll fight it, Arcan. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I can't remember what we were talking about. The wheel? The medicine wheel? The colors? What do they mean? Oh, the sash. You were talking no, about the colors. The sash. sash. That's it. And then and the how white did Arcans came out? What does the white mean? No, it's the purity of the Métis Nation. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 Not really. 
it's all up to interpretation. Yes, it is. <laughs> but black means the, black the dark death. times, yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the dark times. Yes. Because I'm doing religion, mm. no one else is doing religion. So I'm kind of put in a really nice plum sweet spot. So I'm getting really cool student supervisor situation. Oh. <laughs> so Janine LeBlanc yeah. and Tanya Ball, really cool students, which I can brag about, be like, yeah, <laughs> one's doing like Mi'kmaq, like Catholic women's uh, devotions. The other mm-hmm. one's doing like really cool, like uh, devil, devil stories She's and the family. Satanic one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I love it. You know, it's just like because <laughs> religion is this like new religion and native studies is this, this really great new intersection that's oh, yeah. not about culture; it's about you know epistemology, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I ever heard anything about it until like you came in. Yeah, it was barely talked about when I got my degree here. Yeah, because everyone's mm-hmm. talking about culture; they're all talking yeah. about mm-hmm. the medicine wheel and mm-hmm. medicines and. And which is fine, which is really good, but we don't talk about the the thought and the relationality of it, you know. So, so native studies is anchoring us in this really great little concept of relationality, mm-hmm. which is so much better to then start talking about all these different topics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's been a really great liberating thing for me to be here. Chris asked me, could you talk about your work? In religion, the stuff I've been doing for years and years around Marian devotional, population, uh, popular devotion. Yeah, so it's a really great chapter that I'm really happy. Sorry, no, it's not great. I'm happy about it. I'm really proud of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it'll amount to some inspiration in students. I don't know. Aha, uh-huh. inspiration in yeah. religious studies. I know. Hilarious. I do not want to, like, convert <laughs> anybody. It's <that's> the worst. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Dad jokes. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dad jokes. Oh, shit. No, I'm going to think of a dad joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. A dropped-in Mo- cow. Moo interrupted. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That didn't work out as well. Oh. <laughs> it worked out for dad. Oh. I can have a dad. Oh. Oh. No. Community crown. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. Okay, dad. Um. <laughs> so funny. So do you have any advice for new authors, new writers, new students, new scholars? I'm just thinking as someone who, as you said, went back to school as a mature student yeah. or, you know, came into writing later. Yeah, maybe? definitely later. For me, it's always been I've been interested in the same thing since 2002, since I started school, but it was this long, winding way around coming back to it. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, the topic is what's really important, and then you get the research on the writing done, right? For if I had more time, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been shaken up a bit by, by your question about creative writing and stuff. Because mm-hmm. over the reading break, all I did was I put one chapter to bed, and I wrote another chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly writing and editing, constantly writing and editing, but I'm not doing anything beyond that mm-hmm. so maybe there's a trajectory there where it's like i learn how to write academically in a way that's proper and meaningful and critical and engaging towards doing more more like creative stuff mm-hmm. i hope that it can le- lead that way to learn more right? mm-hmm. i'm always open to doing a podcast about bad catholics oh, oh. I don't even go. know what about. Well, I love. Series. I love one podcast. I've never done a podcast before. You should. You are. Can we get a Patreon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but I feel like I don't know anything about religious studies other than I really love one religious studies prof here at the U of A Which and one? Glenn Farron. Okay. And I knew nothing about religious studies, but I just kept on taking his courses really? because he was such an awesome prof. Oh. I would love to talk to bad Catholics and be like, tell me how you're to a bad Catholic. Talk about so. Mitchiff bad Catholics. Oh, we got like, to trademark that. Oh, yeah. Like, well, Paul going... was the first one to talk about bad Catholics. Yeah. So. yeah. I presented yeah. A, at the Métis Talks. I presented on Métis bad Catholics. Oh, how did you feel about that? Oh, the community loved it. Oh, good. Just like, oh, my God. We're all yeah. bad Catholics. Yeah, exactly. So then you're I unpacked so what right. bad Catholics yeah. meant, and it was really fun. You know, you know what are. They're just like, did you guys hear about the the script conference and the last person to talk to the script conference? No. no. But Frank no. just uh, kept on telling me that I needed to watch the stream of it, and then we had to yeah. go for coffee. 
And then Molly and Chelsea were throwing in their two cents every once in a while. Yeah. And I was, well, I haven't seen it, but okay, I'll... I've only Watch seen the last yeah, thing. The last, the last thing? Watch the last one. It was this little lady from up north, this grand, this Kokum. Like, she said the most sexual innuendo I thing. That was so yes. amazing. Yes. And then everyone broke down laughing. Marilyn told it to me, and I was like, oh, my God. I love That's it. Amazing. So we're talking about getting content that's meaningful Mm -hmm. this question of religion is meaningful to the metis right Mm -hmm. but no one's been able to assess it properly because we always focus on institutions Mm -hmm. which are riddled with issues of power right so to unpack that power and see where metis agency sits in this in these dynamics is really good that's what bad catholics come from right it'd be great to do a podcast and like talk to audrey poitra you know and like talk to like everybody everybody all the leaders of like, everyone the oh no yeah. like, how are you a bad catholic and they'll be like well i am in this and this and they'll talk about it yeah oh it's a fantastic it. I, and i love that for me like what i love about writing is because I don't know if I like writing. I love the ideas. I don't even know if I'm a good mm. researcher even. Like, I'm like so happy to be working with you. It's all Kayla. Kayla's feeding me information and I'm just oh, yeah, credit baby. for it. <laughs> See, but I'm a horrible writer, learning. but a great researcher. That's my, my shtick. Like yeah. I could not write to save my life. I don't know how I got a graduate degree or graduated, mm-hmm. but I can research something like a bloodhound. If there's yeah. something out there to find, I will find it. I that think is that's amazing. why Frank kept me employed for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he saw my, that. It wasn't my writing uh-huh. skills yeah. or anything. But then, so this is the point then, as Indigenous scholars, we should be working together more and more. This is the, mm-hmm. the, the collaboration is our strength. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not a good writer. I have a good editor. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I think I have fun ideas that are kind of sexy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sexy ideas. Weird uh, Marian devotional cults. That, yeah. You know, yeah, like called awesome. the army of Mary. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So it's like, and then, but it's like <laughs> editing is the fun part of this whole thing, right? So Yeah, I like editing too. But I also like writing, but I have to write in a specific way. Yeah. With all my stupid jokes. <laughs> That's what your book should be about, like sexy Métis jokes. <laughs> Oh, can, you, can yours be the one that? That'd be awesome. Hopefully, your family stories will come through that way. It'd be like, oh here's a God. whole, here's a whole appendix on really inappropriate <laughs> jokes, sex jokes. It, it, oh, the innuendos that we were talking. About. Yeah. It's the best thing. It's like lifeblood. really inappropriate manners at a conference, <laughs> walking across campus today. Oh, yeah. Well, we have to as come into the back door right? of the building. No. Mm. <laughs> you have to have a joke about that. Oh, it's the inappropriate not to. 100% always. Mm. <laughs> always. <laughs> but writing is about using different social capital that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So this is my whole process for me. Writing has never been, this is what I guess I'm, the theme I'm pointing to, is that it's never been a lone wolf thing, ever. Because right. I'm too relational for that. Mm-hmm. PhD killed me for loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, all of this writing is based on my social capital. What I've done. Like, so not that I'm doing on purpose for being like, so I'm positioning myself with this really important author, get on board. It's just because I was like affable and I talked about my ideas in a, communicated them in a way that was memorable and then people just like oh they think of you and then you get on board and mm-hmm. so, so again this is about relationality right it's just about like things will come back to you because you put things into it so are there any because i i know your research is very specific and because you are working with religion is there anything that you wouldn't ever talk about in like your academic papers do you give a little bit of leeway to the notion that maybe not everything's supposed to be found and not all stories are supposed to be shared mm, yeah is there ever something that you probably wouldn't write about it, it would all depend on the circumstance okay. especially when we're talking about indigenous research mm-hmm. which have to do with families and relationships some things don't need to come out so you just mm-hmm. write around them it's fine you know i feel like sometimes we have this drive this liberal drive to, the truth is out there so we have to slay it with mm-hmm. lasers dagger or something like that <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I just mashed in so many franchises into this, uh, this analogy. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. But sometimes the story comes to you and it just comes to you, you know? Yeah. And also, yeah. I'm not going to badger anyone for stories either. That's the relational way, right? Yeah. 
And it just feels right to me. Like, I never I hated this idea of get to the bottom of it. And I was like, well, okay. Can we go together then? Because the bottom <laughs> is pretty lonely, you know? I'm like having this vision of the bottom of academia Ugh, right now. And sludge, it's literally, yeah. Like sludge a, city. Sludgy black pit with everybody looking down on you, <laughs> laughing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or judging. Oh, yeah. Uh, like side eye where they're like this idiot. <laughs> yeah. So how do you do critique that's relational and engaging and constructive, right? Our faculties, I love the faculty because we're constantly thinking about that. Do we smash people with our critiques and our questions? Like, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? You whisper on the side and you give them food and then you get an auntie to like, <laughs> and then sometimes you have to lay down the law, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mean aunties coming up. today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I feel guilt. Yeah, I feel guilt. This food. Have some guilty panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Panic. <laughs> 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 this energy's off. It's baked with intentions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Bad attention. laughs> oh god. But I much prefer that. You know, being in a toxic environment of mm -hmm. objectivist people's whatever's. I'm really. I've, I'm excited about writing right now. I'm excited about the future mm -hmm. more than ever, which is really strange. I've been in school since 2002. How many years is that? Lots. Lots and lots of years, yeah. right? For the research that we're doing together, where is this going to head? Digital storytelling, like this new idea. Mm -hmm. And what I'm most excited about is the collaborative aspect because all of us are Métis, mm -hmm. most of us. In the circle, we all know what it means to, to give in order to get, you know? Mm -hmm. Usually it's about getting, mm -hmm. rather. Yeah which is so oh, so awful, right? I'm excited to see what prospects come from student engagement. You know, even doing, just own this research. This is your research as much as mine. And to hope that collaboration happens, right? Because a lot of people, what happens is like, they just want it for themselves and they just want to hoard it, hoard the knowledge, hoard the glory. You know, that makes me feel so disgusting and disgusted. feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, that's the, that's the norm in academia, right? Of like, that's my idea. And yeah. he, and he, sometimes you can't help it. Mm -hmm. feel like that, but push that away. Just do it, right? Do you have any advice for publishers that might be listening to this when working with Indigenous academics for producing their content? Or publish, I shouldn't say producing Publisher. their com content, publishing their shit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> their awesome shit. Not the bad kind of shit, but the good stuff. I'm, not, I'm feeling a bit uh, confused by the, the, how you lobbed this question. <laughs> I, I kind what of understand. are we talking about? <laughs> so you're talking about white people doing more stuff? I don't know. Like, mm. huh? Well, I don't know. I think for me, what matters is relationships. And it's mm. always been about yeah. that. So that's where I, I feel like I've had a pretty good experience of academic publishing because mm -hmm. all of those sections were about relationships. Even the, the, the independent stuff that I did, I went to someone that I knew, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the big American or the big European things, which is what my advisor was. This is what's funny, because my advisor is like a jet-setting, amazing lawyer, mm -hmm. amazing woman, right? An amazing uh, academic. And she's like, go international. Just go. That's what I did. Go international. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I was never, ever pulled yeah. there. For me, it was like, I was always trying to steer the ship back to Saskatchewan, right. which no one does. <laughs> and I over, I over jumped or whatever, but it's Treaty 6. It's all the same. It's all amazing. You skipped on over one. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I'm pretty happy here. You know, it's like, North Saskatchewan going up, upstream. Upstream. Yeah, I know. So it's like, yeah, I said it's upstream. <laughs> but it's not so hard, you know. It's like, your canoe upstream and you hit Edmonton. My York boat, you mean? Yeah, or, uh, yeah I guess so. Yeah, you for PA. I know all about your mm. You bet. Yeah, I tried to take on a <laughs> Métis academic comparing York boating to the buffalo hunt. Oh, uh, really? It half worked. Mm. It half worked because I did a lot of like archival research. What, were they th what was their thesis? Hmm? What was their thesis about that? Well, I took on Chris and Chris's oh, book, The Métis, oh. and tried to prove that York boating was just as important as buffalo hunting. Oh. For uh, from which angle, like because of the the, the like, economic uh, organization, like yeah, social organization, yeah, like a social organization. Okay, that makes aspect. sense because they're yeah. brigades, right? Yeah, and they're all based on family they have, like, kinship. Yeah, 
Can but I focus? actually had to prove that. Oh. <laughs> like, so always do your research. And yes. Especially if it's going up against big academic individuals. Do 150%. Yeah. Chris isn't a historian, though, so. No. Yeah. yeah. He really liked it, so I was That's all good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He didn't well, bring down the Métis hammer. So yeah. that was good. <laughs> Whatever that was like. Is that like Thor's hammer? Yeah, but different. But it's made of wood. It's made of like, yeah. Is this Bruce Wood or something? Case like the whipping stick. Case yeah. in like stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whip, obviously. Oh my god. You got the whip. I just remember branches being cut off. <laughs> oh. You did this oh to yourself god. to go pick out your really? own academic yeah. thing. Or like whatever, yeah. your own academic willows. Your willow yeah, whip. willow's the worst. <laughs> like, willow's the worst. You did this to yourself. No, yeah. he was really nice about it. He liked it too. But it's one of those nice. things that you definitely have to like, you know, be accountable for yeah. the stuff that you produce. That's yeah. 100%. Like, mm-hmm. if you're working with an Indigenous community or you are an Indigenous person that's publishing, like, you have to be accountable yeah, yeah. for the crap, the good and the bad crap that you yeah. put out. Mm-hmm. Especially so, yeah, so for, for non-Indigenous people doing Indigenous work, it's mm-hmm. like, be accountable to peoplehood of the of yeah. who, you're to, who you're talking about. And it should be about, it should be with, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much material being produced that way. But for like, a re- for, I don't know, for, for publishers, going back to your question about publishers, wh- what would you guys think is like, what should publishers do to indigenize? Mm-hmm. They need to go on a sweat. All of them, sweat lodge, go. <laughs> That'd be so good. Led by... I don't know. Some like Ambrose. Non- oh, yeah, Ambrose, Ambrose good, 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 good. Be Ambrose, good. Can be like some like. No, just someone got a certificate in shamanism. You know, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like that, that one way. story. Oh, with the bad sweat lodge. No. Mm. Okay, so reeling it back in, like a big old northern pike. <laughs> Sweet. I so to answer your question, yeah. I think publishers, because I know a lot of times there's like this pressure to like really cave into what publishers want, changing names, like changing content to make it more viable for the masses in some cases mm. or making it more friendly. And I know like a lot of indigenous people have said like, oh, I had to change the title because they didn't like the title. Oh, really? Or I had to like, wow. you know, we hear about excluding content in books because, you know, it's not user friendly or like reader friendly. And oh. I think that needs to really be like analyzed and taken like critically by like publishers that indigenous people we know our knowledges we own our knowledges like we need to be taken seriously and listened to without Mm -hmm. having that's why i feel like publishers need more there needs to be more sensitivity readers out there i don't even think that's an official thing yet Mm -hmm. but it should be Mm -hmm. but it's also up to uh, it's also like to to support and affirm indigenous authors Mm -hmm. to tell the publishers to respect that right yeah because sometimes i feel like it's like sort of like a settler response is just tromping mm-hmm. through the woods sometimes it's like oh shoot i stepped on your house i didn't know that was there you know like i don't know who this vinnie barbarino is <laughs> yeah, <they're there. laughs> imagine oh, being more sorry. like paul, paul bunyan or something hey, like yeah exactly like, are you stepping on an ad <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of, like, i was thinking of, <laughs> Woods and stepping on I'm like, how tiny is your house? Like, you have to do that. I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about, what is it, Hilda? This is a house for ants. I was thinking about Hilda, that's why. You know that cartoon on Netflix? No, no. Hilda? It's like really awesome. Like really awesome. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you guys would, you would love it especially. Really? Is it a cartoon? It's a a graphic novel made into a cartoon. What? Fantastic. It's right up my alley. Super fantastic. And she's like really cool. It's like super independent little girl who lives in the woods with her mom alone. And there's all this, just a magical world out there. And some of them are these elves who are like living in tiny houses and they're invisible. Mm -hmm. And for years they've been tromping over there. Their, their, oh. their property I gotta watch it oh it's super good that's what I was talking about I'll take that as a sign <laughs> over let's close it up yeah, uh, well, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you Paul for oh. sitting with us for the last hour oh no problem yeah it's so formal when you said that so uh, I'm very professional. oh yeah I guess you are <laughs> yeah I, I'm like not only can I not write but I'm not eloquent like at all <laughs> farmer from central Alberta. That's why you got me. Farmer, like. <laughs> That's why you got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect way, way to choose her. 
So we all bring a little bit of sass and spice to this podcast, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or else they wouldn't have picked us to run it. I don't know if they did. I think Tanya roped us into doing this. So Someone picked you? We were not handpicked to do this. I handpicked <laughs> you. You did, yeah. yeah. Pick, pick. The best ones. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for speaking with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, I guess until next time. Yeah, until yeah. next time.